We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is Wednesday, December 1st. Uh, Nick Whalen here, joined, as I always am, on Wednesdays by RotoWire's assistant NBA editor, Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, we have quite a few news items to get to, and a couple of these broke just minutes before we hopped on here. Uh, Bam Adebayo, out. Uh, initially, they said six weeks. Woj you know, kind of went in over everybody's head and said it could be as few as four weeks, but out at least four weeks, probably somewhere between four and six, uh, with a torn UCL in his right thumb. Uh, this happened during Monday's game against Denver. Uh, this is a just crushing blow to my stake league team, which was already struggling. That's not what we needed. I, I have Adebayo in another league that I care about dearly as well. Uh, so a pretty difficult blow. But as I was just saying to you off air, Alex, like it, it feels like Adebayo is playing really well in real life. Like Obviously, the Heat have been a good team. He's averaging a double-double. Um, you know, the, the playmaking has been down a little bit with Kyle Lowry there, but but it feels like he's playing well. You look at the numbers, like in in that uh, in one of the leagues that I mentioned, he was outside of the top 100, partially due to the fact that he's missed three games, but he's also not blocking any shots. He's down to 0.3 blocks per game through 18 games. He has two total blocks in his last 12 appearances. Field goal percentage is down, free throw percentage is down. Uh, he's still not taking any threes. Um, you know, for for again, for as well as it feels like he's playing in real life, I, I think his name has kind of exceeded his true value, at least in fantasy so far. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, they're uh, if the Heat had like real title aspirations, I think that, you know, the the lesser an offensive role Adebayo has, the better. Not saying that he's like a bad offensive player, but you don't want him to be like your second option and maybe not even your third option. Um, you know, and they have, you know, he's kind of a third option, depending on how you view like Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero. But 
Um, yeah, tough blow for the Heat. If you have him in fantasy, yeah, be prepared for him to be out a week. I guess pick up Dwayne Dedman. Um, Already did. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, every other option, I think, is someone that is already on a roster. Like, you know, Tyler Hero gets a pretty nice bump in in uh, numbers with Adebayo off the court. Jimmy Butler gets a 5.5% usage bump with Adebayo off. So I think, uh, you know, those two guys are, are really going to step things up. And maybe we see Lowry be more aggressive. But they don't. The, the, the Heat just don't really have anybody else to, like, come in and like take a ton of usage because their bench is their bench is just not good. Like terrible offensive players coming off the bench aside from hero. Yeah. I mean, they've been using a much deeper rotation this year uh, than, than in years past where they've been so dependent on that top six or seven guys. Uh, and Marquise Morris has not played since being, you know, bullied by Nikola Jokic like a month ago. Um, I, I think we're going to see a lot of P.J. Tucker. I, I don't think this team prepare, is prepared to give Dwayne Dedman like 30 minutes a night all of a sudden. Um, but but like I said, I, you know, I'm kind of half joking, but I did go grab Dwayne Dedman uh, in one league where, where I have daily lineups because I, I think if he can just play like 25 minutes, he's probably not going to score over 10 points in most nights. But he, I think he could average like eight, nine rebounds a game, you know, hopefully get you one or two blocks. Um, and, and really, you know, what you're losing with Adebayo, you, like, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that Dwayne Dedman's going to be more productive in terms of rebounds and blocks than Adebayo had been through this first month of the year. Um, obviously, you're not getting playmaking at all uh, with, with Dedman, and, you know, the, there's some shakiness in terms of the percentages. Nowhere near the same caliber of player, but if the minutes are there, which at least on paper I think they should be, um, you know, he's, he's at least like a passable Band-Aid, um, you know, for, for these next few weeks. But, but yeah, like you said, I mean, we're seeing – Max Struess, Caleb Martin, uh, Gabe Vincent, you know, these guys are playing prominent rotation roles. And part of that is it does feel like the Heat have been like without one key piece every single night. Like, you know, Tyler Hero missed a couple games recently with general soreness. Uh, Adam Isles missed a few. Lowry's missed a few. Like it, they haven't had like their full one through 15 um, for, you know, they've had that for only a couple games this year. But yeah, they're, they're not exactly well positioned to sustain a loss at the big man position, especially. Yeah, I mean, other than Deadman, there are only, I think, other players you would actually consider centers are Omar Yurtsevin, uh, who actually is kind of interesting, but probably will not really play, and Haslam, who I also don't really expect to play. Uh, and then you mentioned, every, like, everyone else is just super low usage guys. So I'm really just expecting, like, a big Tyler Hero, um, you know, Jimmy Butler kind of a takeover from a from, like, a usage perspective. Yeah, I, I think they start Deadman. I think Dwayne Deadman kind of becomes like the DeAndre Jordan uh, honorary starter for this team. And we'll see. I mean, I, I always I joke that he was like their second best player for that first round series against Milwaukee last year. At times, it looked like he was the only guy who like, cared at all. Um, so he is competent enough and has, has been competent in the past that, that he can soak up a decent chunk of minutes. But I yeah, I, I think I think we see more hero. I think we see a lot of Lowry, Hero, Robinson, Butler, and then P.J. Tucker playing small ball five. Pretty much as, as as often as they can get away with that, I think that's what they'll lean toward. Yeah, probably, because, you know, Tucker is he's used to playing that small ball five role. And I think, you know, once they get Markeith Morris back, that will that will help, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, tough break for the Heat, tough break for me more than anything. <laughs> uh, but we will persevere. Uh, we should also touch on Suns Warriors from last night. And we can use Devin Booker, uh, who we got some news on him as well. Uh, as a vehicle to talk about this, he's going to miss, quote, a few games, according to uh, Woj. Uh, we, we don't really have a full timetable, but he left that game last night, didn't play at all in the second half. Uh, looked like he pretty 
clearly tweaked that hamstring, knew it right away, you know, kind of took himself out of the game. Uh, but it doesn't look to be anything that's going to cost him significant time. You know, we would expect probably somewhere in the range of like two to five games. Uh, obviously, this is a, a pretty big blow for a Suns team that, you know, after after winning last night, I, I think probably has its sights set on trying to win 20 games in a row. Um, and you get Detroit on Thursday, but they play at Golden State now on Friday in a game that, you know, they almost certainly won't have Booker for that one. Um, kind of takes some of the luster off of it. But, I mean, that was an awesome game we got last night, despite Devin Booker. Um, you know, sitting out the entire second half, the Suns able to pull it out 104-96. I thought they did an incredible job uh, defending Steph Curry, defending the entire Warriors attack, uh, virtually everybody except for Jordan Poole, who went off uh, through the first like 30 minutes of the game. Um, I, the, Phoenix just looks really, really complete. They look really competent, uh, really confident. Even even once Booker went down, um, you didn't really feel like they they changed up their approach at all. It was a really, really impressive performance from Phoenix. And then on the other side, I mean, we had literally the worst performance of Steph Curry's career shooting wise, <laughs> like his lowest shooting percentage ever in a game where he's taken at least 20 shots. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Suns held the Warriors to two quarters under 20 points. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the Booker thing is tough. I think they're just going to lean on the two cams, Johnson and Shamit, and they're just going to give more minutes to, um, uh, did I say pain? And I pain, Cam Johnson and Shamit are going to get more minutes is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I mean, maybe Chris Paul gets even more usage, stuff like that. But yeah, it was, a, it was a great game. I mean, these are, they're both 18 and three, the Suns and the Warriors um, right now, looking like the very clear favorites in the West. Um, you know, I know there are still going to be some people who cling to the Lakers and, you know, if Kawhi comes back and all that stuff. But right now, I think if you're, it's just, these are the clear two top teams in the West. You know, James and I on the pod on Monday did a draft of the, you know, NBA title futures odds, basically going back and forth, picking our favorite bets. And the Suns at 11 to one. I mean, that is a steal and it remains a steal. They, I, they were 13 to one on Monday. So that number has come down a little bit. But I, I think we saw in this game that, you know, at least right now they have, I think, better and deeper personnel than the Warriors. And of course, you know, I mean, it's not like Golden State lost this game by 25. Like if Steph Curry has even a marginally better shooting night, you know, Golden State maybe wins this one uh, with Booker not playing in the second half. But I think for Phoenix to push through, given the circumstances uh, and win this game fairly convincingly, uh, I think that really puts them on notice. Um, the other thing, though, of course, is, you know, you could say there was no Devin Booker for the final 24 minutes for Phoenix. Uh, there was no Clay Thompson for any of the 48 minutes for Golden right. State. He has not played at all this season. And I, I think once you get that piece back, uh, that's what really changes everything for Golden State. So like even if the, even if the Suns go into Golden State without Booker and beat them again on Friday, I, I don't think that that's all of a sudden going to swap the odds. You know, Golden State six to one right now to win the title, Phoenix eleven to one. I, I you know I, I think people are going to want to wait and see uh, what Clay Thompson looks like and what this Warriors team looks like uh, before any of that is adjusted. Well, and part of it too, if you're the Suns, it's like, hey, we held Steph Curry to four of 21 shooting, and we only won by eight points. So, you know, I, that's not going to happen again. So, mm -hmm. you have to. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's not great for them. But I, I would still say the Warriors are number one, like you mentioned, Clay coming in eventually, and um, I'm still one of those people who thinks Wiseman's going to be a big boost for those this team, um, especially considering like, I I just you know. I don't want to go off on a tangent about Wiseman. I just think if you basically replace the Looney and be elite some minutes and, and stuff like that, it's like such an obvious upgrade that, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, both of these teams, when you match them up, have certain positional advantages or depth advantages, but 
I, I think the biggest one is like, you know, you could say like Curry to Paul, you know, obviously Curry's better, but there's not like a massive difference. Like Chris Paul is a, you know, one of the five best point guards ever maybe. And, you know, Booker to Thompson, maybe, maybe you give a slight edge to Booker, but it's fairly close. Like a lot of these kind of cancel out as you go through, but the one that doesn't is Kevon Looney versus DeAndre Ayton. At seven. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why Wiseman's huge for the Warriors because it does give them the ability to when they go up against, you know, the Jokic's of the world or DeAndre Ayton or, or other guys like that, or even if it was, you know, an Embiid situation in the finals, um, you know, Wiseman gives them a way better chance than like Looney and, mm. um, you know, any of those guys, like when they get matched up against Draymond, if they even have like a half, if their jump hook is feeling half decent, it's kind of over if they can get into the paint. Mm. So um, Wiseman will be, I think, a big addition for them. The NBA season is underway and Yahoo is excited to go big on daily fantasy basketball this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests, which are now shark-free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS, as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. Yahoo will have daily NBA contests all season long, as well. Play a single game contest of your choice throughout the week. Then join Yahoo's weekly Friday main NBA contest to compete for large cash prizes. Play daily fantasy basketball on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim that free $10 offer and get started today. Thrive Fantasy is back for another season of fantasy basketball and they're running guaranteed contests every single day this NBA season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes who have the biggest impacts on the game. Sign up today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription that will give you access to everything on our website, not just our NBA content, all of our other sports, a ton of value wrapped up in that free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can go about claiming your free Rotowire subscription. Step one, visit rotowire.com thrive, that's T-H- R-I-V-E. Step two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Finally, step three, play in your first paid contest and then you'll receive that free six-month Rotowire subscription. Thrive Fantasy, check it out today. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six U.S. states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding nationwide. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. All you have to do is download the WinBet app right now. That's WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, WinBet the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. 
so on Monday, uh, James and I went through, and like I said, we did the the title odds draft, and we did the MVP odds draft. And uh, you know, it kind of dawned on me last night watching Chris Paul close out that game and you know put together another massful performance. Um, he's missed what I think a total of like two or three games since arriving in Phoenix. Um, yeah, actually, I think maybe even one. I, I, dating back to the OKC season, I think he's missed a total of four games. So you know, health seems to be something that we thought would be a major problem hasn't been at all. He's 60 to one right now to win MVP. And we, we just saw the Suns go in and, and force Steph Curry in, into one of the worst games of his career. Obviously, that's going to be an anomaly. Steph is the, the deserved uh, MVP favorite right now. He's at plus 125. I I, I kind of feel bad that on Monday I didn't throw this out there as just one of my one of my favorite bets, because if the Suns run through the West, if they get the one seed, if they win something like, I don't know, let's say 63 games and you know the Warriors are, are maybe a couple games behind them. If, if Curry misses a week or two somewhere in there and, and his candidacy falls off a little bit, um, I, I, I think there's like the door is just like slightly cracked open for a, a Chris Paul, uh, you know, kind of a career achievement MVP in, in a season that, that it, this would, have, of course, require, you know, the other top candidates to to fall back in, in some manner or another. But if Phoenix is, ends up being clearly the best team in the league, uh, I, I think Paul would, would be the guy who would get that consideration over Devin Booker even though Booker maybe has better offensive numbers. Um, he's 40 to one, interestingly. But if you had to pick an MVP from this team, there is absolutely no way that Devin Booker would get that over Chris Paul. It's, it's the same argument that you and I went back and forth on during the finals, where when it looked like Phoenix might win the finals, that finals MVP was going to Chris Paul uh, as a lifetime achievement award. Yeah, Paul averaging basically 15 and 10 with two steals right now. Um, obviously keeping the turnovers low as he does, only two per game compared to his 10 assists, which is absolutely insane. I do. I mean, I, I like the 60 to one. Um, I suppose there's a chance you could bet it. And then if your sports book has like the cash out early option, you might be able to make just a little bit of money doing that. I wish there was a way to bet. Like, is this guy going to finish top five in MVP? Because that would be more of a bet that I'm interested in because I don't yeah. think he'll win it, but I think there's a pretty good chance that he will finish at least top five. I mean, I think the move is if you do want to invest in Chris Paul in some way, maybe now's the time to get Chris Paul rookie card or something. Um, you know, buy now and then sell if they win the NBA finals. I mean, you could, that could be a decent amount of, I mean, that could be an investment mm -hmm. that would, could pay off more than like a, a bet to win the MVP. But like, I think, I think the thinking is hundred percent correct. They could finish number one in the West. You could argue they're basically tied with the Warriors as the favorites. Um, it's, I mean, it's looking up right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the numbers obviously aren't that impressive. Like I, I it would be, I would imagine it have to be the, the lowest scoring MVP winner ever, right? I mean, he's at 14.5 points per game right now. So, I mean, I understand that when you're scoring literally less than half as many points as the league's leading scorer, um, that's going to knock you down and you're, you're not necessarily going to be taken overly seriously as a, as a candidate. But I, I don't think these odds properly reflect like the narrative that I think could build if Phoenix does continue this run and, and is clearly the best team, because I, I think people, people want Chris Paul to get that recognition. You know, I think we saw that in the finals, he ends up falling short. Um, I, I think a lot of people, I wouldn't say, I don't, I wouldn't say a lot of people wrote Phoenix off, but I, I think they were kind of lopped into that same basket as like Utah, you know, where it was like, all right, it was maybe a little fluky that you got there. Let's see you do it again. And all of a sudden now that they've won 17 games in a row and he's clearly the engine behind that. Um, I don't know. I, I think those odds are going to get lower and lower chances that he actually wins it. Not good at all. I'll admit that. Um, but like you said, I think there's a, a pretty good chance that he ends up being uh, this dark horse candidate and finishes like fourth or fifth in the voting. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, he's someone to, I mean, I, this would be the, if they end up winning the finals, um, 
this would just be like he just needs that like stamp of approval on his legacy you know like mm-hmm. everyone who really i think really cares about basketball understands that chris paul is going to go down as you know a top like you mentioned top five point guard all time but you know especially i mean getting a getting a finals win as i mean again like you mentioned you could argue he'd be the number one player on this team getting that finals win as a number one player on your team when you're 36 37 years old um would be like an, an insane um like just stamp of approval on the on the legacy right and there's there's a big difference between doing that late in your career as jason kidd and doing that late in your career as you know a a diminished i guess version of yourself but still very much the same version like obviously he's not having quite the same impact as he was 10 years ago but at the same time, you watch these games and you, you don't really feel like he's having any less of an impact than he did during his physical prime years. No, I mean, it's just, you know, there's only so much he can do now, like getting to the basket compared mm-hmm. to he's just he's just so reliant on the mid range jumper now and the and the three pointers, which is OK. Like if you like, you know, I'm, I just pulled this up, like basically in his prime, he was taking 20 percent of his shots at the rim. That's down to three percent this season. He has mm-hmm. seven attempts at the rim this year. So, but it doesn't even matter. He's getting his, he's getting his 15 a game. So the way he's doing it is different, but he's just, he's just such a master at his craft that Mm -hmm. he's, I mean, he's approaching, I mean, him and LeBron are kind of in the same tier right now of guys who it's like, would you be surprised if they were in the league being effective for another five years? You know, the answer is no, obviously if Chris Paul is Mm -hmm. 40, it wouldn't be like this, but um, could he average like 10 and eight, you know, as a 40 year old, probably. Yeah, and it's, I mean, with LeBron, it's, you know, you could ask this question two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, and nobody would have been that surprised that he's still doing this as his 37th birthday in years. But I, I think Chris Paul, based on where his career was even three or four years ago, it, it's shocking that he's still this good at this age. It doesn't really look like he's slowing down anytime soon. You know, I mean, if, if Phoenix falls short again this year, it's not like they, they couldn't be back uh, in, in 22, 23, which obviously is, is way out there. But uh, last thing I'll say on this, if Steve Dash can win the MVP averaging 15 and a half points, 11 and a half assists, 3.3 rebounds and 1.0 steals, uh, I, I think Chris Paul can at least get in that ballpark. <laughs> I think so, too. All right. I want to talk quickly about Knicks Nets from last night, which was a super fun game um, at Brooklyn. Uh, at times felt like a Knicks home game. Uh, there was kind of kind of mixed cheers. Like anytime, uh, you know, like Kevin Durant hit a shot, you would hear some cheers and you would also hear some groans like it, it was kind of like. It felt about 50-50 in terms of the fans uh, in the house, but not actually a great game from Kevin Durant, who did have some big shots in the fourth quarter. But we saw James Harden go for 34-10-8 with three steals, uh, gets to the line 10 times, uh, hits three three three-pointers, 11 of 20 overall from the field. He has very quietly started to look a lot more uh, like the old James Harden over these last couple of weeks. And uh, I believe in in eight-category leagues, he's back up now to being a top-five player. Yeah, the free throws are back for Harden, uh, averaging 10 free throws a game over his past nine games. Prior to this stretch, he was averaging only 4.7 free throws. So the league, I don't know what kind of mandate was going on, whether or not we're going to give these Harden these fouls again. But he was getting like practically assaulted early in the season and was not getting calls. So, um, you know, obviously paid off big time if you were someone who bought low on Harden, were able to swing a trade for him or something like that. And obviously, like. You know, you look at you look at this Nets bench or you look at the supporting cast and they 100 percent need Harden to be doing this along with they need Durant to be doing what he's doing, because, um, 
you know, Joe Harris is out. They're starting Patty Mills, Aldridge. Sometimes he looks awful. Sometimes he looks fine. Blake Griffin caught a DNP CD in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was someone, I can't remember if I tweeted it out. I don't think I did, but he has looked very, very bad this year. He's averaging five and a half points per game on 32% shooting. That's honestly, he's, that's like worse than Alexei Pokashevsky. So um, I don't really know what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, Harden, Harden is back. That's three straight, by the way, for Blake Griffin, who at this point, I guess, is just out of the rotation. And, yeah, I mean, I, I was watching a couple games at once last night. I was keeping a close eye uh, on that Duke-Ohio State game. So I, I don't have, like, a lot of X's and O's notes from this game uh, or from Suns Warriors. But you look at with Joe Harris now undergoing surgery, Kyrie Irving, MIA, he posted another weird Instagram thing earlier today that I spent a little bit of time uh, attempting to decode really really couldn't get it uh nick claxton has been out for like three weeks with a alleged non-covid illness so somehow possibly worse than covid uh, but this depth i mean you, you have durant and you have harden and more often than not that's going to be enough to carry you but this team that looked like overwhelmingly strong coming into the year is all of a sudden handing 25 minutes a night to deandre Bembry and bruce brown and cam thomas is now like the backup shooting guard behind patty mills and and like you said i, I think they're their big man situation is most concerning. And I do think they're going to figure something out, uh, whether it's buyout, whether it's a trade, um, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely bring someone in. But Blake Griffin's out of the rotation. Paul Millsap, I think, has looked even more washed than Blake Griffin. He's still <laughs> hanging on to, to some minutes, at least. And, and then you have LaMarcus Aldridge as your starter. I mean, they were, they were closing last night with James Johnson as the center. Like, it, it's, yeah. it's not good right now. No. Um, kind of surprised that DeMarcus Cousins... Ended up with the Bucs instead of the Nets. Um, felt like there were some other teams he could have went to instead of Milwaukee. But um, that point aside, yeah, I mean, I mean, we can't, you know, we can't be so surprised that the the Nets are still, you know, putting together this kind of a season where they're 15 and six, number one in the East, because it's just Harden and Durant are this good. Like they can carry a bunch of warm bodies to, you know, a top three record essentially. Um, part of the problem with this is. I mean, there's almost nothing, you know, aside from like adding Patty Mills, there's nothing like actionable you can do in fantasy because like we're saying, all these guys are so bad, you can't even roster them. And it's not even like you can go to your sports book and get great odds on like them to win the title or them to win the East because uh, everybody, you know, everybody would be buying low on that if they could, because they assume, well, Kyrie's going to come back eventually and we're going to get Joe Harris back and they're going to. So you can't even there's like nothing to do about this from like a fantasy or betting perspective. So um, it just, just kind of is what it is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We, we could talk about DeMarcus Cousins in a sec, but I, I did just get an alert here. Damian Lillard, now the uh, latest star to go down, out at least 10 days uh, with Jeez. that abdominal injury that, that we've been keeping an eye on. And it, it never really seemed like he was healthy. Uh, he missed a game earlier this week, and they, they called it a rest day, but then they listed him as like abdominal soreness, which is never a great sign. Uh, so things kind of continue to go south for Lillard uh, and the Blazers, who... I mean, if Damian Lillard is not 100%, if not like 110% Damian Lillard, like this team is average at best, right? I mean, Lillard has been yeah. about as, as good as he possibly could be these last few years. And it, it's been like barely enough to, you know, sometimes scrape by the first round of the West playoffs. I was I was flipping through some stats the other day, and Portland has the worst half-court defense in the NBA, like dead last. So if they're not able to generate offense either, um, it's it's going to be awful for them. I feel bad for Chauncey Billups. Um, I mean, they've been okay with Lillard off the court this season, but that's partially because Lillard hasn't played well in the first place. I mean, we're just going to get a lot of like Anthony Simons, and there's going to be Dennis Smith Jr. And it's like you look at the the the, the lineups that they're going to be putting out, and it's it's going to be bad because it's just. You know, I, I don't I really again, he's only out 10 days. Maybe he comes back. He looks better. But this does seem like something that he's been dealing with for a while. And they've been trying to have him play through it because they absolutely need him to to win games. They're 500 right now. And I think as of this point, like, yeah, they're they're only like they basically run out of options other than to be like, you need to sit for a bit. See if it gets better. If it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know what comes. You punt the season, maybe. You know, do you at that point explore trade options? Like, I, I really don't know where you go. Yeah, I mean, you got to look into it. I, I think that was already a narrative that had kind of been permeating around this team coming into the year. And that's when we thought that Lillard was healthy. And you know, they kind of wanted to take this wait and see approach with 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 Chauncey Billups and, and see how that whole thing goes. And I don't, I don't remember anyone saying like, oh, what if Damian Lillard gets hurt? Then what? Like, that was never really a part <laughs> of the equation. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it was already a, a semi combustible situation, um, just because we've seen them, you know, kind of run into the same wall year after year after year with this core. So, I mean, you throw this in the mix and, and maybe that does, you know, kind of act as the catalyst, uh, to, to potentially spur some change that it, it feels like it's, it's kind of long overdue. Um, because even, you know, who knows, I guess if Lillard just is never quite himself this year, then this becomes more of a what if scenario. But at the same time, I don't think anyone is looking at this and saying like, 
oh man, there, there goes the title contender out West because Lillard, you know, is dealing with this injury. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, this just really like, yeah. <laughs> it just sucks. Cause I mean, I Lillard's an amazing player. I love Lillard. I think the idea of him staying in Portland his whole career is awesome. Again, this is like, it feels like an overreaction to a, a 10, a 10 game injury, but it's just, there's so many different uh, factors kind of culminating into this season, which is looking to uh, be nearly a disaster that it's kind of hard to tell what's going to ha- uh, come of like this era, really. So, like I said earlier, DeMarcus Cousins expected to make his debut for the Bucks tonight. Uh, they play the Charlotte Hornets. I, I, I don't want to go overboard on this because I, I think multiple teams have already talked themselves into DeMarcus Cousins being an impact player. And it's typically taken anywhere between two and five weeks for them to determine that he just gets played off the floor. I mean, he's, he's a big man that was never really uh, a great defender or like overly mobile, just, just kind of a burly body um, even before, you know, suffering a torn Achilles and a torn ACL. Um, so expecting him to come back and, and really look like himself was probably never realistic, but you know, since leaving Sacramento, he had that nice kind of year and a half run in New Orleans uh, before the first injury occurred, um, you know, missed the entire 2019 season, spent some time with Golden State, spent some time with Houston and the Clippers last season, truly has not been like an actual impact player since like maybe part of that 2018-19 season in Golden State. But but I would say probably closer to the first half of that 2017-18 season uh, before he went down with the Achilles do you have any like sense of optimism here uh, for, for what he could bring to a Milwaukee team that desperately needs depth at center? Uh, I think some people would actually argue he was never actually an impact player, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that aside for now. I uh, no, I mean, I have, I have zero expectations and that's the perfect situation uh, for that's the, I think that's exactly the reason the Bucks signed him because he, everybody knows at this point that they shouldn't get their hopes up. And I think even cousins knows that, Hey, if I get 10 minutes a game, that's a plus. Um, and I think, I mean, you know, the, I think, I think the reason they got him, um, you know, he's not a great defender, but the, the bucks are essentially committed to this point at, if we're not playing Giannis at center, we need our center to be able to shoot threes, right? Bobby Porges is out here shooting like 50% from three Lopez is obviously a three point shooter when he's healthy. Um, and cousins, you know, for all the, you know, for all the, uh, whether or not he's actually an effective player or not is a career 33% shooter from beyond the arc, which again, isn't amazing, but if it's really all you're having him do, maybe you get a little better at it. I'm intrigued and it'll be fun to have him on the team, I think. Um, but I'm expecting, I'm expecting nothing. I'm also expecting nothing. I'm actually expecting <laughs> like negative results. So anything positive <laughs> would, would be like a, a massive win for the bucks. But I, I, I mean, there's so many like random big guys out there that you could bring in. Like it's kind of a, why not? scenario it, it certainly doesn't make me feel great about the brook lopez timeline I, I think that's maybe the bigger question is that right. they kind of held out as long as they could without bringing in any depth and and they're in a good spot now they've won seven straight you know drew holiday's been really good the last week week and a half chris middleton has looked like himself obviously Giannis has been great um so it's not like they need demarcus cousins to come back and be like a 15 and 10 guy um i mean i, I think he'll play somewhere in the neighborhood of like seven to 15 minutes on most nights and you know, I, I hate to say this, but probably still a significant upgrade uh, over what Thanasis is bringing you. That is true, although uh, probably not as much hustle as Thanasis is bringing you. No, not even and, close. Uh, no. Hustle is contagious. So who who actually knows? I mean, this is this is a pure battle of intangibles 
uh, versus box score numbers. Um, and I don't know. I actually don't know who the winner is going to be here. But yeah, it'll be uh, it's it's an easy trigger pull if you're if you're Milwaukee. Thanasis and, and DeMarcus Cousins might be the two like most different big men in NBA history. <laughs> and I, I would also like to take this opportunity to say that Thanasis should be in the skills competition because he would take it so much more seriously than everybody else. And I, I think he would win just on sheer hustle. Like he can't shoot, but he would get he would get up like four three pointers before anyone else even attempts one. Right. He, yeah, he grab he grab a ball along with each hand and just fire him up like at yes. the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah, as many as many possibilities um, as possible, I guess. Uh, we, we should mention real quickly, LeBron, obviously in protocols. I, I don't think this is breaking news. If you're listening to this pod, you probably heard about this by now. Uh, he'll miss at least, I think, seven to 10 days. It, it seems like thus far this season, it's been 10 days plus uh, for most guys who have landed in the protocols. Kobe White, Justin Holiday, Bones Highland, Austin Rivers, uh, all those guys also landing in COVID protocols. Uh, and four minutes ago, as we record, uh, LeBron James just tweeted uh, the thinking emoji Something is real, and then five fish emojis going on. So something is real fishy going on, I guess, is how we're supposed to take this? Uh, wow. Um, yeah. I, I really don't know how to interpret that. Um, I, I'm assuming this is with regard to him landing in the COVID protocols despite being vaccinated. Um, I don't know. I mean, it could have something to do with, like, a five superstars getting getting hurt or landing in protocols in the last 24 hours. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that that could be part of it, too. I mean, it it has ramped up a ton, but um, I don't know. I, it's just it's depressing to, like, have to delve back into the COVID-19 talk and be like, well, the oh. new variant you, boosters, uh, you know, the you know, it, oh, it's coming through America. Like, I just it's very tiring. You know. Yeah, it is, it is extremely tiring. I actually had to look up the pronunciation of the new variant uh, okay. before we, we did the spot. Omicron, uh, that's what I saw. Uh, I've never heard that word in my life. I have no expertise, obviously. Uh, not that that's a surprise to anyone. And I essentially what I think you're saying is like, it's, it's just tiring to talk about, right? And it's like, I don't want to say I don't care because obviously it's a big deal and people are still dying and being affected and it's affecting the league. So we have to talk about it. But it's just, we're going on, what, season number three now uh, of this being a massive storyline. And um, I don't know, what, what would you say the chances are that in the next week or two, based on what we've seen over these last few days, that we're, we're back to, you know, having a game or two postponed? Uh, I'm still it feels, putting it. It feels possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm still putting it at relatively low. I mean, it does feel possible. Uh, but, you know, last season and like kind of when this whole thing started, we were basically having like, player X test positive, And then we'd have news like, Oh, these seven players have to undergo testing or like, hold on. Like, and we're not getting that this year. It's more of like this player's out. And then there's almost no news in terms of these other players were exposed or we're worried about these guys. I just think the testing is at such a, I think they just test so much. And for the most part, it seems like the vaccines are working. Although there, it, I mean, it really remains to be seen on the new variant. Obviously people are worried about that. Uh, NBA obviously encouraging everyone to get boosters, but is you know again, um, so it's certainly possible, but um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like as real of a possibility as it did um, over the past two years, really. But you never know. You never know. I know it's uh, it's not a lot of fun to have to deal with, uh, certainly on our end and and from a fantasy basketball perspective, that's for sure. Um, 
All right, let's. Uh, I, I want to take a, a look at the Christmas Day slate. I, I was, you know, we had the holiday this past week. Um, no NBA games on Thanksgiving. You know, the league takes that day off, kind of cedes the spotlight to the NFL. But I wanted to kind of check in on our five Christmas Day matchups and uh, kind of reassess what we think of these because at the time, you know, they they almost always look great on paper. Everybody's fired up, and then usually at least one, sometimes two or even three, uh, end up being duds for one reason or another. But I think we're in pretty good shape with what we have so far. So as a refresher, the five games are Boston, Milwaukee, Atlanta, New York, Golden State, Phoenix, Brooklyn and the Lakers, and then Dallas, Utah is the late game. I, I think those are five pretty solid matchups. I, I think if any of those teams haven't held up their end of the bargain, uh, strangely, it's probably the Lakers. <laughs> it, de- it definitely is the Lakers because that Brooklyn Lakers matchup was you know, they they set that up with being like, hey, this is one of the most star-studded games in NBA history. Yeah, uh, right. it's like these, uh, this team will be it'll be like 30 and five versus 31 and four. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, like <laughs> uh, 95 all-star games combined between these two teams. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, these are all good. The Atlanta, New York game. Obviously, those teams are underperforming a little bit, but just the atmosphere of, of that matchup from last season's yep. playoffs is I, no one's mad about that, I don't think. And you know, Dallas, Utah is kind of like the kind of the bummer here, but you know, it's, it's just like that. It's like a deep cut. It's yeah, like, it was always supposed to be, be the bummer. I think. Yeah. It was supposed to be like the deep cut dark horse, Western conference, uh, semifinals matchup kind of a thing. So like, I'm all right with it. You still get, you still get, uh, Doncic and I almost said Porzingis. You still get Doncic and, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell going up against each other. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of these are shaping up to be a dud. I mean, unless there's an injury or, or a COVID-related absence, you know, the, the week of these games, I, I think everything looks pretty good. And, I mean, Golden State Phoenix went from being a, a nice, like, secondary option to, like, easily the highlight of the slate right now. Oh, yeah, no question. That's, that's like, the, the can't-miss game uh, of, of the Christmas Day slate. Yeah, they should they should flex that into the Brooklyn Lakers spot. Like, that Brooklyn-LA should be now, like, the 11 a.m. tip-off that nobody watches. <laughs> Exactly. I, I think the league, by the way, was probably expecting that the Lakers would sign DeMarcus Cousins by now so they could get closer to 100 all-star <laughs> appearances combined. I, uh, yeah, we should we should look up how many all-star appearances they actually have combined between these two teams. I mean, someone someone will my guess is someone will tweet it out if this is maybe the most all-star appearances ever. But that would probably be a really hard stat to actually dig up. I don't yeah. know who has those numbers available, but it wouldn't be that tough. I mean, you'd have to do some like. You know, you'd have to write them down by hand. Like, I don't think you can generate you know, or, all-star game for matchup. But, like, you know, there's only like how many guys on each team have actually made an all-star game. Like, for, for Brooklyn, it's what? Like, Millsap, Aldridge, Blake, Durant, and Harden? I guess are we counting Kyrie in this? We, we probably should. Uh, Well, yeah, if we're going with, like, the, the league's thinking at the time, yes. then yeah. I mean, but it's compared to every other matchup in NBA history, does this have the most combined yeah, all-star right. games? That part, I think, is yeah. difficult. I, it, uh, trying to think of like recent teams that have just stacked this many former all-stars. Like, I mean, I, I think it, it it's automatically got to be in the top three, right? I mean, just like LeBron and Melo alone have what, I mean, each, each of them have at, at, at least 10. I mean, LeBron's got like 17. Melo's probably got somewhere between 10 and 14. Yeah. I mean, this really is almost the culmination of the super team era where it's like the, <laughs> the guys who started the super team are actually like 35 now and they've teamed yeah. up. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. uh, it's, it's crazy. This is kind of like the, not the dying breath of it, but it's kind of like, this is the natural 
progression kind of apex of what's possible from a let's throw as many all-star players on a team as possible yeah lebron is finally paying for the decision with this lakers (laughs) team that he's assembled 10 years later um all right let's play a quick game of who would you rather roster for the rest of the season i mean this this game is sweeping the nation Uh, everybody's playing it right we've done it a few times this season always ends up being a lot of fun uh so i sent you a few of the matchups and we'll, we'll we'll run through these quickly and then we'll get out of here um let's start with two guys who are both playing really well um, heading into Wednesday slate, both of these guys are first round values. One of them ranks as the eighth best player in eight category leagues. That is LaMelo Ball. One of them ranks as the 11th best player. That is Trey Young. Who would you rather roster, Alex Baruta, LaMelo Ball or Trey Young the rest of the way? I think LaMelo. I, I just, I look at LaMelo's numbers and it all seems sustainable to me compared to last season. He has great steals numbers. That helps him. And I think that's sustainable when you look at what he did last year. Um, And the main thing for me, he's shooting 41% from the field, which I expect to go up. Meanwhile, Trey Young's 47% from the field is either something that would stay stagnant or go down. Um, And I think these guys in general, like, I think this is basically what we can expect from them the rest of the year. Um, And LaMelo has less help overall, right? The the Hawks have way more of a system. They have way more help. Um, it, you know, if anybody aside from LaMelo Ball goes down on the on the Hornets, it's just going to funnel more usage into him potentially. So I'm I'm on LaMelo on this one. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, the biggest thing that LaMelo has improved upon uh, this season for me is his his bad games are still really productive and maybe more <laughs> right. so for fantasy than for real life. But I mean, you look just earlier this month, he, he had a terrible game against Washington and a game that they ended up winning. But he goes four of 18 from the field, five turnovers, two of seven from three, only gets to the line once, still has 14 assists and six rebounds and two steals. Uh, you know, same thing happened a couple of games later against Atlanta. He's five of 18 from the field, 11 assists, nine rebounds, 15 points, two steals, one block. Like e- even when he's having an off night, he's doing so much uh, defensively. He's doing so much as a passer that his, his floor is just way higher night to night than it was last year. Uh, and obviously the big difference between these guys right now is the free throw percentage, but you know, you're getting more defensive upside with LaMelo. You're getting vastly better rebounding. Um, and he's, he's also very quietly, you know, the, the attempts aren't really there compared to Trey young, but he's at 89% at the free throw line. I mean, he was a 75, 76% shooter as a rookie. So we'll see if that sustains, but if it does, that is a huge jump. Yeah. LaMelo still productive, even when he gets benched for trying an off the bounce reverse alley-oop to himself in transition. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, well, also as an aside, I love that he did that. Not, not, I don't know if I love it that he did it in a close game. Uh, but that's, that's, that's beside the point, but yeah, I mean, I you think know, obviously better for the record. True. Uh, percentages obviously matter, but LaMelo ball is a legitimate, like threat for 25 10, a, a 25, 10 and 10 triple double with two steals. And Trey young is not really that because he's not going to get those steals. He's not going to get those rebounds. Um, and LaMelo still going dr- to drill the, the kinds of threes that, that uh, Trey young is. So yeah, LaMelo here. That is kind of, and this has been the case for a couple of years, but that's been the misnomer with Trey young is that he's hitting like six threes a game. Uh, he's just really not taking that many anymore. Like that's just not, you know, that's kind of the player that he was in college and he was as a rookie, but uh, it's, it's just not really as big a part of his game. Um, you know, I, I think as, as people would imagine, and he is at 6.8 attempts per game this year, but he was at 6.3 last year. Uh, that's down from 9.5 in 2019, 20. So a pretty significant drop off 
over these last couple of seasons. Our next matchup, two big men, uh, two European big men, in fact. Would you rather roster Jonas Valanciunas or Demontis Sabonis the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, the concern here is that Valanciunas, his numbers normalize once Zion comes back. Um, Ooh. You know, <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. I think, I, I think I'm going with Valanciunas here. Um, you know, he's, he's got the higher numbers right now. He's 17th in per game, eight cap value compared to Sabonis is 32. Um, you know, I mean, they're basically both averaging like 20 and 12 in terms of points and rebounds. Uh, you know, Sabonis has the advantage in, in assists, but Valanciunas, man, I mean, the three-point percentage is crazy. I know he, he was leading the league recently. I don't know if that's still the case. He's 86% from the free throw line. I, I, you know, it's. I think it's going to just be difficult for him to slip far enough down. And I don't know how much I trust Sabonis to come up to meet Valanciunas. And I don't even know how much I trust Zion to come back and play. Ha- like, <laughs> you know, like is he is Zion going to play 40 games this year? Maybe. I would say no. I would say no. Yeah. I mean, they've already uh, played. How many games have they played as a team? Like they're they're almost to 25 20. games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean at, at this point, you know, it's like he's he's not playing back to backs, right? And he's probably not back for at least another couple of weeks. You you probably factor in at least one one to two week absence. You know, could be related to the foot, could be related to something else. Like most players have that. I, I think. I mean, if he plays 35 games, you're thrilled if you're the Pelicans. Right, and the the Pelicans in general. I mean, obviously, aside from Zion, are so just devoid of. Uh, like talent that is even remotely close to trustworthy. Like Devontae Graham's numbers are way down and like the key Alexander Walker, like, it, like you're leaning on him this much. Um, obviously Ingram is solid, but the Pacers are just like a more, and the Pacers are underwhelming, but they're just a more dynamic team. They have more consistent options that have been proven NBA players, you know, like one through nine. Um, so Bonus doesn't have to do as much as Valanciunas actually has to do for the Pelicans. Yeah, I think you're spot on uh, with all that. Next one, Drew Holiday or De'Aaron Fox? Um, man, I two, two guys who have respectively uh, really killed me in, in different ways uh, thus far at <laughs> stake. Uh, I think I like Holiday here. I mean, he's he's like ten spots higher than Fox right now. Obviously, yep. there's a ton of room for Fox to to catch up, but Holiday was fantastic last season. I think he'll he'll jump as well. Um, you know, his free throw percentage is 68% right now, which, which should go up. I just, I, I, I think he'll increase. I mean, the bucks, if they're going to keep missing Brooke Lopez, you know, they're good. They're going to need more from drew. So this is like, it's just not a great, um, <laughs> I, not a decision you want to have to make. No, exactly. I, I wouldn't feel great about either of these. I, I think holiday is definitely the safer option. Um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's, Seems to be past that that heel injury and the ankle injury that bothered him early on. And he's looked really good these last few games. So I, I do think he steadily climbs. You know, the question is, does De'Aaron Fox kind of hit that point in the season where he kicks it into high gear, which he did last season? I mean, he was he was off to a really slow start. Um, and, and then around mid-January, just, you know, really started playing well. And that's really what propelled him into, you know, kind of being this potential breakout guy heading into the season. But he's, I mean, the, the thing with Fox, like we talked about LaMelo, like his, Fox's bad games have been so bad. You know, it's like he'll he'll have a five of 17 night like he did against Utah last week. And he finishes with one rebound, three assists, no steals in 33 minutes. You know, like if he's off, he's way off. And, and the assist numbers have not been good um, defensively. You know, I thought he was a guy who 
after being at 1.6, 1.5, 1.5 steals over the last three seasons. Like I'm hoping like 1.7, 1.8, you know, if he kind of keeps progressing, uh, but he's taken a step back in terms of steals. He's down almost two assists per game. The rebounds have stagnated. The points are down five points per game. He's hitting, you know, almost a full three pointer less per game than last year. He's at 26% from three. Um, so I, I do agree with you. Like both of these guys should improve. There's more room for Fox to improve, but I, I just don't know at this point, like how you could trust him to do it. And on top of all this, the Kings just remain ridiculously dysfunctional. And, you know, when you don't have the infrastructure around you, it, it, it kind of makes it harder to believe in. Yeah, 100%. All right. Kay Cunningham or Evan Mobley? I mean, this is way closer than it was to begin the year or like even in Kate Cunningham's first like six appearances. I mean, this was like a no bringer to Mobley. I'm still taking Mobley, but we should note over the past uh, month that Kate Cunningham is the 63rd ranked player per game. Still shooting the ball terribly. Uh, 36% from the field uh, right now, but you know, he's, he's doing a lot more. Like he's pulling up the box score numbers during the stretch, 15, seven rebounds, five assists, steal and a half almost. But ultimately, I'm still going with Mobley. I think the argument for Cunningham would be stronger if Colin Sexton was still healthy. Uh, like if the if the Cavs were fully healthy in general, Mobley will going to have to do as much. But I think, I mean, Sexton is out for the year. They're going to have to lean on Mobley even more than they were before. Um, and I just think he also plays a position of scarcity, you know, at center slash power forward, depending on um, how your depending on what site you play on but he's definitely a center um i would just rather have him i think he's gonna be the rookie of the year everything like that but it is it is close now and i would understand if you if you wanted cunningham like if you needed if you were someone who had too many centers and you could swap mobley for cunningham with someone who needed centers and you needed a guard i would 100 understand yeah I, I think i lean towards Mobley right now, who seems like the slightly safer option between those two. Uh, like you said, Cunningham's still well under 40% from the field and you know, it's, it's going to continue to go through the ups and downs. And I would kind of make the same argument uh, I would when you're talking, you know, Fox and Holiday, Milwaukee versus Sacramento. Like, I can't believe we're saying this, but like the, the Cavaliers seem to be the far more stable, healthy organization right now, right? <laughs> Where like you you kind of trust the infrastructure and how they've handled him. Um, you know, they've, they've I think they've done a really good job kind of strategically managing how they've used Kevin Love so far. It's been 15 to 20 minutes and he's been pretty effective in those minutes. And they, they have not allowed, you know, Kevin Love's status as a, a former all-star and, you know, potential hall of famer down the road to impede the development of guys like Mobley and Allen and even marketing who's playing pretty big minutes. So I think they've, they've actually settled into a pretty nice groove and, you know, not having Sexton, it's, it, they're not a better team without him, but I think a lot of these pieces make more sense. And you know, they were kind of going back and forth on whether Colin Sexton was part of their future either way. And I, I don't know that this injury necessarily sways that one way or the other, but it at least allows you to see what do things look like without him. And so far, you know, especially with Mobley in, in the mix, the results have been pretty positive. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, this is a this is a nice break for the Cavaliers in terms of Sexton's injury, as weird as that is to say, <laughs> because he had a strange amount of leverage in terms of, you know, hey, I'm scoring 20. I was at least prior to this season scoring 25 points a game for you. Efficient shooting, you know, uh, someone got, you know, that whole thing. So it sucks for Sexton because he was, um, you know, this is about a, this is a nightmare scenario for him and him trying to get his money. 
next year as a restricted free agent. But um, that's just how things go, man. I it, it's tough to say. Yeah, it is the the rare injury that certainly hurts Colin Sexton in this scenario. But I, I think maybe makes what was a going to be a really tough call for the Cavs either way. Um, maybe makes it a little more palatable if you do choose to let him go or. You know, it, it is a business. Maybe maybe you get them at a slight discount, you know, coming off of this injury. But uh, either way, they've, they've been a, a surprisingly fun team to watch. And, and obviously, Evan Mobley has been a big part of that. Um, the last one that that I sent to you, the last uh, who would you rather roster matchup uh, as I my computer is currently frozen. I was on I was on Carmelo Anthony's basketball reference page and that like sent my Chrome just like completely <laughs> freezing up. I can't even make this stuff up. Uh, OK, here we go. Luca Garza or Taco Fall? Is this a per 36 minute league? It's a, it's a league where you're, you're required to roster 15 centers. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, in preparation for this question, I did look up their G league numbers. Uh, Taco fall playing way better, you know, averaging 22 and 13 with two and a half blocks in the G league, shooting 80% from the field. Um, those are the numbers you, you definitely are, are hoping for. Yep. Um, you know, I do think Garza has more NBA potential though. As um really? as much as people hate to hear that, Garza's got two starts under his belt. It's gonna already. be controversial. Yeah, two starts. The man is, you know, the man is ready. Uh, mm-hmm. he's he's got his, he's gotten more starts. Has he as many starts as Alperin Sangoon? Um, I'll yeah, same among his starts as Sangoon. Wow. So, yeah. you know, something something just to keep in mind. That's a deep cut. Yeah, maybe I should have done Garza or Sangoon. Uh, for, like, for right. the next five years <laughs> in a dynasty league. But I mean, Garza, he's one of those guys that if this was 1994, he would have been like the, the no doubt, like number one pick overall and, and would have dominated the league the way things were played. But uh, one of the more obvious, like great college players who probably doesn't have a, a ton of you know future prospects in the NBA. But I mean, honestly, he's already done more this season than I thought he ever would. Like if, if you told me <laughs> you gave me the over under on 0.5 starts as a rookie, I would have I would have gone way under. Uh, and he's already shattered that so far. But uh, all right, another fun round of who would you rather roster? We'll do it again uh, in a couple of weeks. But Alex, as always, thanks for taking the time, dude. Uh, we'll talk soon. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com